This is episode 341, dated Friday, January the 5th, 2024. Happy New Year, everybody. You are listening to the In Perspective weekly podcast with Bob Branco and Peter Outchul. Hi, everyone, and welcome once again to In Perspective. My name is Bob Branco. And this is episode 341, dated Friday, January the 5th, 2024. Happy New Year, everybody. With us, as always, Peter Alchil from Coos Bay, Oregon. Peter, what's going on? No atmospheric rivers today here. Beautiful day. That may change tomorrow, but we'll take any beautiful day we get during January and February. So we're blessed. We're faced with the possibility of our first winter storm this weekend, Peter. I saw that. I'm glad I'm not not anywhere near New England uh, this weekend, but um, (laughs) I wish you well. Thank you. All right, so before we continue, let me thank those people who make it possible for In Perspective to be made available to the general public. We start out with Raymond Gay, our producer. Thank you very much for what you do for us. Tom and Lynn from Rosie's Place Chatline. Thank you for airing our programs on Greeting Door 15 on that line. Also, our media sources, thank you for airing us when you do. We appreciate that very much. And Jacqueline Sylvia from JS Web Solutions. She archives our shows on my website. All you have to do to hear a back issue or a back episode of In Perspective is go to www.brancoevents.com. Go to In Perspective Podcasts, click on them. And you will see all of our archived shows, or most of them anyway, from latest to earliest. Merci, Jackie. I also want to say hi to a faithful listener, Rick Troiano of Florida. Thank you very much for listening. And I also at this time want to thank Tammy for being our host for today's show. I would like to thank you, Tammy, for taking the time to be with us and to help us out today. Thank you for having me. appreciate it. With us today, our special guest, he's been on our program before to talk about grief, and his name is Duncan Holmes, but today he's going to be talking about his role as president of the National Church Conference of the Blind. First of all, Duncan, congratulations on that. It's an honor for you to be president of that worthwhile organization. Welcome to In Perspective. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Bob. It's good to be with everybody. Hi. Hi. Tell us about the National Church Conference of the Blinds. Tell me some of the things that they do for people. We are an organization of blind and sighted people. I will read you from the Constitution what the general purpose is. By the way, we'll refer to it from here on as NCCB, National Church Conference of the Blind. And uh, the general purposes of the NCCB are we have an annual Bible Fellowship Conference for a united Christian witness among the blind. We foster the spirit of Christian living and service among the blind community by way of an effective testimony. That is, we want to go back out into the world and into our communities to to live the gospel of Jesus Christ and to share the good news by word and, yes, by deed. Another is to advance Christian service opportunities for the blind in local churches and church agencies. 
and to awaken the active concern of churches and church agencies to the objectives of the conference and to seek their cooperation in carrying out its ministry. Now, that was, uh, I was reading to you from the Constitution because that's the best way to put it. As I say, we have an annual conference. It's held usually the second week in August or uh, about that time. This year it was held rather late because of some changes that happened in venues that, that uh, we're planning to have the conference at, but, uh, but things changed and we had to make a last minute or late change. So we wound up going to about the Labor Day weekend this year. We were in Kentucky. We we're in a different city every year, except that we were in Dallas for two years because they offered us a good deal at the hotel we were at. We have, during the conference, we it's a good week to get for blind folks to get together because so many things that blind folks used to do, Christian camps and so on, have closed down. But so there's still the conference. And what we have, we have Bible studies every weekday morning, except for the day when we go on. For those of us who want to, we'll go on tour to some place, a museum or some other place. Uh, This year it was an ark encounter in Kentucky. We were in the, the Cincinnati area. We have various workshops that we've had in the afternoons, except, again, the day of the tour, the whole day is devoted to touring. And those who don't want to go on tour, well, we might change that. We might have some alternatives next conference. There's a talent show. There is There are evening services on alternate nights, the talent show on the day of the tour. We have the talent show. And, yes, there's a banquet at the hotel where we are. That's the last night. There, there are times where we share, we have a time of praise and worship. We have a hymn sing. We have, and then we have uh, times of just share uh, what we call sharing testimonies. By by definition, a testimony, be evangelically correct. It's uh, what has the Lord done in your life? How has He saved you? Did He, you know, and uh, did you? How about since then? How have you come to faith in Christ? So that's basically, in summary, what it's about. What we hope, what we hope will happen, is that folks will go home and be encouraged to be active in their local churches. There are so many that don't have a church home, and that's to their, that's unfortunate. And others who can't find a ride to church have to use paratransit system or Uber or something. And when they go, it's hard for them to, they feel included to in, the, in their own church. But to try to have a ch- church just for the blind, I don't think would work w- well at all. And it'd be another way of isolating people. So that in a nutshell is what we're, what we're about. And uh, it's it's been going on for for years. It used to be very big, but we need more younger people now. We've got mostly <laughs> older folks, and we need younger blood to come in. And I'm glad when I see some that do come in. 
if you're with me, I need to tell you that also during the conference, we have various exhibitors. It's like a convention in a way. There are, we've had various blind braille exhibits for the blinds. Braille Bibles International has been there. The Lutheran Braille Workers this year, Christian Record Services. There's a group out of uh, Kentucky, and I cannot think of the Christian Blind Mission, I think is what it was. And uh, there's a gal in Houston who has a ministry called Genesis Through Revelation, and she's got T-shirts and other paraphernalia. She is partially sighted herself, and but sees well enough to help us get around because believe me, it, it can be a challenging getting around a hotel to, to, and uh, finding a place to eat and so on. Uh, I have two for the questions. hotel itself. Yes. Go I'm ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Duncan. I have That's two more right. questions. I have two more questions yeah. before I turn it over to Peter. How long does the conference last? About a week or so? It lasts it, a short, a day short of a week, you might say. But for example, next year will be August second, which is wait a minute. No, it'll be I think August first is a Thursday. I'm not sure the exact date, but it's from the it's from a Saturday to the following Friday. But some of us come in the the day before. Okay, so I'd say for me, it's Friday to Friday. All right. Now I'm learning as I go, Duncan. So some of my questions might be a little bit. As if I don't know enough about the subject, but I'm always willing to learn a few things, especially when it comes to religion and spirituality. I think that's very important, and I'm very happy that you're a part of this. So when you said that you encourage people to go home after the conference to their own churches, okay, when you said that you encourage people to go home after the conference to their own churches, I'm assuming that people of all walks of religion join the conference, or is it one particular religion? It is not a denomination. Okay. A, we have a statement of faith. No, anybody who, to be a member, if you, anybody who, we've, we welcome non, non-Christians to the conference, but the thing is to bring people to Christ and to encourage them to grow in their faith. But we do. We're not a denomination. We are. We are non-denomination or interdenomination or whatever. We have a statement of faith, though. And and I don't. You know. You know. We. We. What's the best way to put it? We believe in the Bible as God's holy word. We believe in the, Jesus as Savior, Lord, Virgin-born, sinless life, and so on. We have a statement of faith that, and uh, we all come into agreement on that. Yeah. So, Peter? thank you, Bob. Uh, Duncan, again, welcome. I have a few questions. Can you talk about how NCCB started? What you know? What uh-huh. I could. Yeah, uh, you're. Yeah, I've got an article right here, which I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to read from it because I can't could memorize it verbatim. And I'm so thankful for my Braille display, my chameleon Braille display. <laughs> It's 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 coming handy if this thing will work. It got started in the early fifties, I believe it was. And let's see, let me get this thing working. It doesn't want to. Okay. Well, it got started. There was a gentleman named Edward Wilson, who was from the Dallas Fort Worth area, who sought 
who sought to 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 bring it. Okay, just a minute here. Okay, recently we're in. Okay, so I'm going to try to tell you as best I can because the article isn't coming up, and you've been there and done that. I uh, know if you have a braille display. Yes. So it started in the early 50s as a group of uh, uh, small group of blind people who wanted to get together and who wanted to foster to foster to foster a Christian witness among other blind people throughout the country. And it started a small group that met in Memphis, Tennessee, and they they kicked around the idea, and then it was. They began to meet annually, and eventually, I think they are good. I found the article here, so this is what I'm going to read to you now. This is a history. So let's let's get past the personal message. Okay. Okay. Brief history, and it says here that in years gone by, there was published a fine religious magazine uh, entitled The Braille Evangel. I never, I think I only heard of it. Mr. Edwin Wilson of of uh, Fort Worth, Texas, was editor and publisher. Mr. Wilson conceived an idea that it would be interesting and beneficial to Christian blind people to gather together from over the nation, perhaps once a year. Interest and experience in Christian living service could be discussed and plans of helping other blind persons to know the Lord and to become active Christians were also discussed. The idea persisted and grew until in 1953, Mr. Wilson was led to extend an invitation to Christian blind persons who were active members of their local churches, of their local churches for the evangelistic order of, of faith. He asked them to meet with him in Memphis on May uh, the 12th and 14th to discuss such pers- uh, matters. The invitation was sent out through the Braille Evangel and by letter. 22 persons from 15 states accepted. Again in 1954, he asked that they meet in Memphis, but this time in August through the fives. At this meeting, more than twice as many attended and great interest was shown. In 1955, the group was called to meet in Louisville, Kentucky, and more than 100 attended. That's more than we have now. The movement was gaining momentum. During the next few months, Mr. Wilson called several persons to meet him in Fort Worth to consider a name for this new national organization and to assist him in formulating a constitution. In August 1956, the same group met in Fort Worth. It was at this time meeting that the official name of the uh, organization was chosen. The National Church Conference of the Blind and the Constitution was drawn up, approved, and adopted. During the next few years, more people, more and more people attended the meetings, and interest continued to grow. in Kansas City, Missouri in 1957, Indianapolis in 1958, Memphis in 59, and, and Topeka, Kansas in 1960. Then in 1961, the NCCB met in St. Louis, Missouri. It was there that a, a, dedica- a decision was made to incorporate. So the incorporation laws of the state of Kansas 
found to be less complicated than those in other states being considered. Therefore, it was decided to incorporate in the state of Kansas. In order to, to comply with the requirements of the incorporation laws, it was necessary to make some co- changes of the Constitution. And a new Constitution was written and adopted. The incorporation procedure was started in the fall of 61 and then was realized, uh, finalized in November 64. Thus, the NCCB was chartered in the state of Kansas as a nonprofit, non-denominational organization. A totally so autonomous I, I, group. I interrupt that, Dr. I, I, I want to yes. sort of ask a question that's always been sort of curious to me. I have this vague recollection, I might totally be wrong, that one of the folks who very much supported your organization was Dr. Ralph Montanus. Am I right about yes. that? The, 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 the uh, evangelical preacher, the blind person who used to be on WOR every Sunday at 1030 at night? Does that ring a bell at all? Yes. Yes, Ralph Montanus was on. Hello, are you still yeah, there? I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, Trump was trying to. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Ralph Montanus was on. He supported it, as did my friend, the late Harry Sutcliffe, the founder of the of the uh, Episcopal Guild of the Blind, which is no longer going. And Ralph, Ralph, <laughs> I think Harry had some. After attending some of the conferences, probably you had some good recollections and some not so good. So, because you, know, uh, you know how it is when you get a mass of black people together in these conventions and things do get a little bit. They do still. I mean, get a little bit hectic. You know, people. Uh, things do happen. So, um, are we there? Yeah, I'm still here. So, so, like. Did did you ever, did any did you all meet Ralph Antanas? Did somebody meet him? How, what was his role, if any, as part of the organization? I think he he supported it. Now he died in 1987, long before I jo- that I had sure. anything to do with NCCB. Sure, he was he had a Bible conference every year up in New Hampshire called, at Mount Monadnock, and that was that was a highlight of our summer. That was a highlight for many blind people from all across the country. And then they moved the conference to Texas. Ralph had long since died. And it had been various members of the family kind of kept it going with the Gospel Association of the Blind. And then it sort of petered out, you might say, after uh, t- 2018 was the last conference, Camp Salome, uh, down in the Houston area. And the Gospel Association for the Blind closed its doors uh, okay. eventually. So I was just curious. So I want to ask you, you, you mentioned the, uh, you have sort of four objectives in your constitution. You talked a lot about the your conference. And so I'm curious about the other three. What kinds of things do you as an organization do to sort of support folks doing uh, Christian uh, services for, you know, as a blind person? And what are you doing to help to help support churches and being more supportive of blind folk, because all of us know of experience of going to church and not being welcomed. So what is your organization doing to try to make that a little better? Well, I think we're trying to encourage the blind folks to go to when the, I'm, this is from my perspective and I, from my friend, Karen Carroll is, is, is here and she can fill in too a little later on. She's been with us longer than I have even. I'd say the thing is we do to encourage the blind folks, don't let that stop you from going. You know, uh, the thing to do is to think when you get home is 
who I think you have to approach to approach the church you're going to and try to approach maybe people. You better start making some friends. It's important that you, you know, you're going to have friends. You got to be a friend and try to say, you know, I'm not the fly on the wall. <laughs> I'm a human being. I'm ready to, to be of service. Instead of Duncan, if I may, me, yeah. if I may interject, I want to mention very proudly that I am very welcome in my church. I have a lot of friends in church. My wife and I go faithfully just about every single week. We even listen to church on holy days of obligation if transportation isn't available to Uh us. We are very much welcome. And I also want to mention the Xavier Society for the Blind, who braille up the propers for Lectors, uh-huh. other Catholics who attend Mass and perform certain duties at the Mass, who do readings at the Mass. So in those areas, blind people, myself included because of my attendance, along with what the Xavier Society does for blind people, blind people are well supported as far as that yes. goes. I'm familiar with the Xavier Society. Now, we haven't had them at conference Maybe with our friend uh, Nigel here, we can get it. A, maybe they come and exhibit for us because of that we have never had them. But I am I'm well aware of their their stuff, and uh, I and I say praise God for that. I just know about the blind folks, not necessarily who come to the conference, but I talk to others and say, well, I'm not welcome, therefore I'm not going. You know, and uh, what do you mean you're not welcome? You know, it takes a time. It takes a while. To get, and there's so much out there. We've had Braille Bibles International. We're having, I don't know what exhibit, what exhibitors we're going to get this year. We'll have to find an, someone to, to be an exhibit, exhibit coordinator for the, for the upcoming convention. So I, I, I have a, I'm sorry, go ahead, Duncan. I haven't covered everything I admit, but so I'm looking here. <laughs> I'm looking here at the constitution here and, once it comes up again, it's stuck on recently read. <laughs> okay. so, so, Duncan, I, I want to talk about the experience of, of my experience and other folks who I know who, who regularly go to church. The, yeah. the, the thing that saved me, I mean, saved me, helped me be part of a church community, is I didn't go to a church just and showed up on a Sunday and sat in a pew because that never works for me because people just don't know. Never does. Do. Never does. So what what I did, since I have a musical gift, is I joined the choir. And that was the thing that having that community of people, I still had trouble. I mean, there are people who wanted to know, for example, how they didn't know that a blind person could sing. I got that comment more than once. But But there were lots of really nice people who were very supportive. And that was what what the community that I developed over time being part of that choir and later being the drummer of the of the praise band. But what I sort of learned from that experience is sort of being part of a congregation as a disabled person doesn't work very well, at least not for me. You really have to, even before you walk in the door, find a network with a group of people who can support you because church can be a really lonely place. If, if you don't have that yes, can. That, uh, network, you know, before, be, before you show up. So that's been my experience. I, Bob, I'm, uh, you know, I'm really happy for you because in many cases that has not been my experience in, in sort of talking to other blind folk. And it's, it's a, it's a, it's a real challenge. And I think an organization like, I hope your organization like yours 
might think about finding ways to sort of have that conversation with with churches somehow and say, hey, this is a this is a problem. Because I think most churches simply aren't aware of the the challenges involved. I mean, the transportation is another one you, that you mentioned. You know, a lot of times paratransit doesn't run on Sundays. You know, so that's right. That, ours that, doesn't. Yeah, and ours doesn't either. So it it just adds a level of complication. And you know, for for many people, including me, for quite a while, my sort of question was, why should I go to a place where I'm not welcomed when uh, after I've worked forty or fifty or sixty hours a week and just need to chill? You know, why should I go to a place I think, where I'm not welcomed? Yeah. What I would say this this that's why I'm trying to encourage more sighted people to to come and see what we do. I don't want to overrun the place of sighted folks, but I want them to see what we do. I have a dear friend, and I hope she's listening, a sighted friend up in the Dallas area. And I told her, and she just had the gift of, or, you know, she's a great organizer and she's a great communicator. And I told her about the conference. She said, I'd love to help. And bang, she's been one of our regulars for the last, I'd say the last three years. And her mom too. And we're just trying to, I, you know, we're, I think we're trying to bridge that gap with the sighted folks and encourage, if you know what I'm saying. We're, I, I do know what you're saying. It's a real challenge. I just, it is. I, I just wish that there was more support out there somehow, you know, to uh, not, not just to, to encourage blind folks to take that leap of faith, to walk into a church door, but to work with the churches to say, hey, this is a, a group of people you're 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 failing to reach because of the of some challenges. It's it's just a, it's 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 a problem. And well, I'm in a small town, and well, the growing small town. Sorry to cut you off, Peter, but yeah, it took me a long time at my church, but they especially, uh, you know, I've been playing piano now at our church. It'll be t- thirty years for this this coming fall. And I've, you know, and they've loved me and all that, but, and I want them to, to, uh, they are accepting other people with disabilities. We, very few blind people in the community. And the ones I know, I think there's, we're trying to get, you know, to, we want to be sure they're welcome too. And, and also to let them know, hey, that I want to be included too. We have to let we have to let the, these folks know, you know. That uh, and my question is obvious to... right now. My question is obvious right now. How are they failing to reach us if that's what they're not doing? Well, I I can't say that about mine because they're reaching they're reaching me darn good. But I think a lot of other churches just don't. You know, but a what, lot of what churches is it they, just they, don't know. In other words, Duncan, what is it that these churches, in your opinion, are not doing to reach out to the blind? I mean, we have so much now. We have, like I mentioned, the Xavier Society. I have a talking Bible. It's a small thing the size of a—it's a small Bible the size of a transistor radio, and I know how to operate it very, very well. It's very compact. I mean, let's face it. We all know the Braille Bible is humongous. It's got tons and tons of volumes. But whether it's Braille or talking— accessibility today you know even in religion it's it's great it's wonderful like i mentioned about the propers that are provided by the xavier society uh, right there are blind there are blind lectors i had i know two people one passed away one is probably on this call right now one they one lives in fall river massachusetts one lived in tiverton rhode island he passed away in 2018 
there were blind lectors. They actually got oh, up yeah. and read readings, and they, they were more than welcome in their churches to, to do such things. Oh, yeah, that's that's true. I've, I've got a friend in Ohio who is a blind lector. In, a church. in fact, she's an author. She's written a book. I guess what I'm saying is the churches simply don't we, – we need to – Make them aware of what we can and what you know, what we can do, what what we need to do, and how to get it done. We need, in other words, hey, a lot of us wind up sitting alone at church. I don't like that, so I just simply say, listen, I'd like to, you know, I'm I'm alone at home. I'd like to be among you all. I'd like to sit, you know, I'd like to share a pew with somebody when I come down from that platform. Uh, okay, that's been that's being done. Other. Yes, take me through the line when we have our fellowship meals. Yes, and let's all sit together. And uh, I think, uh, and we just need. I think folks just simply need to let let decided folks. You have to educate them, educate these churches. You know, as to what we can and can't do. And I'm if it's vague, I'm sorry. I'm not too good at communicating. No, no. I I, I think I think I think you're dead on. I think that the thing is that it puts. A lot of pressure on the individual blind person walking through the church door, and many of us don't want to deal with it. And yeah. and and that and that's the challenge. And you know, if the church said, you know, hey, you know, and welcomed us more openly, I think that'll make a huge difference in how we interact with the church. I want to turn a corner because you mentioned something else that I think is a huge problem in in in, mm-hmm. in churches, and we are losing young people like crazy in all uh, in all churches, and it doesn't matter. Glad you brought what, that up, Peter. Yeah, I really yeah, all, you, all, you know, all political you know opinions, whatever they're they're fleeing. And my question to you is a simple one, which is. What are, what's NCC doing to try to reach out to some of these folk? Because if we don't reach out to them, the church as we know it is going to die. Well, that's what we're trying to, that's, that's one thing we're grappling with right now. Is reaching young, is not just reaching the young people, but reaching, you know, young families. Well, that that's what my, what my church, they're doing. But to reach people to reach young people, that's that's something we're grappling with. I, I can't give you an answer for that, but I'm grateful for the young people who have come to our conferences. And those who have come, uh, and I'm not talking teenagers, college age, I'm saying people under 50, people in their 40s and 30s and so on, they who do know the Lord, but how do we how do we get more younger people? I have to. I, I cannot give an answer right now because we're grappling with it. Do you think young people have as much access to spiritual activities as the rest of us? Do you think that might be an issue that they don't have the access for whatever reason? I don't know the reason. I'm just putting it out there. Well, no. Well, the one thing about young people, and I'm saying, let's talk in general here. A lot of them, they've been brought up, you know, Christian homes, so on, and they've got, I'm talking just whether you're blind or sighted, and then they go off to, they, they get into high school, they leave home, and they abandon whatever faith, the, you know, or they just maybe don't, never had a faith of their own to begin with. When they go to college, guess what? They're being taught all this cancel culture stuff and everything, and wow, they swallow it. So... There are 
this is a whole different thing. There are ways to 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 deal with to 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 work with that, but that's a whole different thing right now. And, and what I would say, in addition to what you just said, to me the the big issue because I work with uh, when I went to my former church had lots of young people who were just burnt by the churches that they that they that they attended growing up. And they were they felt abused. Uh, I, I I use that word strongly because that's the word that's the word they use themselves. And so you know what what we did in the church we had a, we had a great youth ministry. It was triage. You know we we had to stop the bleeding, and we had to sort of convey the idea that there are other ways to serve Jesus than the way they were taught. And it was yeah. a challenge. It was a real challenge. Oh. And and because these folks really were burnt seriously, you know, for whatever reason. They they didn't want any part of the church. Either they they saw hypocrisy, they saw you know the way they were treated or friends were treated. And I, I think the church has a lot to, to answer to. It's not just the colleges and universities and those folks who teach a different way. I think I think the churches have a lot to answer for. And I just hope that again, you know, I think it's I Duncan, I think this is what you said in many ways. It, it the issue is it's not. This is not a blindness issue necessarily. Just adds a, another level of complexity to the to the conversation. Mm-hmm. So, but we, the, you know, I really am. This really does worry me because I just don't think we can survive in, in the long term without some kind of reconnection of the young folks who were raised in the church who don't want any part of it for whatever reason. I mean, I can I can share stories. I'm sure we all could, but we need to find a way of reconnecting them back. In a, in a respectful, loving way. Because if we don't, the churches, the, God, will think, still, God will still do his work, but it won't be through the churches as we know it. Gentlemen, you do I have to raise hands. I'm sorry. Yeah, That's so all right, true. Tammy. Yeah. It's it's almost that time anyway for us it's, to welcome participants. Past that time. Yep. You're listening to In Perspective. My name is Bob Branco, and my co-host is Peter Rauchel. We're here with Duncan Holmes, the president of the National Church Conference of the Blind. So, without further ado, Tammy, tell us if we have any raised hands. We do. We have Janet, who is up first. Okay, thank you. Janet, welcome to the program, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year, y'all, and this is Janet from Colorado. Do you know, have you ever visited iccsite.org, Duncan? Yes, I have. I was a member at one time. Tim Snyder is a very, very good friend of mine. And I've been on, I was on the Bible Marathon, but that was some years ago. So what um, is it? I have, I'm sorry, Janet. I had a question for, can I write you off, Les Peter, to see if we can get to, if you can get Tim Snyder on in perspective? Uh, the answer is yes. Bob, uh, send a note to Bob. Was it Bob? Bob Branco 93? Bob Branco Bob Branco 93 at gmail.com. So send, send an email to that address and Bob will forward it on to me. Perfect. Thank you. Cause I've, I've been trying, we've been trying to get new people to come to ICC site and I figured maybe ACB could help. So we, we might, I don't know. Well, let's, let's see what we can do. So yeah, reach out and we'll, we'll try We'll try to work with you. What is ICC? Let's, let's start with that. You it, tell us, Janet. What's that? Can you tell us what the ICC is? Well, iccside.org is the Christian community site for blind people that Tim Snyder runs that Duncan knows. 
Yeah, International Christian Community. Yeah, International. Yeah. Yep, and they also have a Braille and audio, Braille and audio thing too. Where you can I, get Braille I, and audio yes. from them. Bob's in charge of the program, but it's, that strikes me as a really good guest to get on. I agree, one hundred percent. Let's bring him on. Let's bring him on. All right. Thank yeah. you, Janet. Thank you, Janet. And Tammy, do we have anybody else in line? Carrie. Hi, this is Carrie Muth, also in Coos Bay, Oregon. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Carrie. Hey, Happy hi. New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year, and it's great to have my wife on the show. I know, huh? Hi. Congratulations, my dad. Thanks. Congrats. So, so Duncan, I, I really liked what you said about, you know, to gain friends, you have to be a friend and the conversation surrounding, you know, we need to educate people. And I don't think it's a lot of difference if we're walking into a church or into a community center or anything. True. You know, we need yes. to, yeah, we need to educate people, especially, you know, if we're in smaller communities. Maybe people haven't been around a blind person before. And so, you know, and, and we're going to get out of it what we put into it. And right. uh, so I think I'm just quoting from Proverb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I tell you, when I, I, may, may I share this? And I don't know if any of my people are listening. I doubt it, but uh, I'm from church. But, but I, when my wife died, I, and I, we would, Sharon and I had been married 43 years. When my wife died, my church rallied around me. You know, after all, I'd been playing the piano for them. You know, I'd been attending Sunday school class. I'd been doing what I could. But these people rallied around me in ways I never thought would happen. And that's that's what I'll say right now in a nutshell. You you know, and I will say that a year and a half ago, I was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And my church has been amazing. They just have been, and it is amazing. But that is after 24 years of building relationships. And, yes. you know, I what I would like to do is encourage people, if, if there's a church that you, you know, want to start attending, start going to small group stuff. If you're having troubles connecting to people, you know, a lot of churches offer smaller Bible studies, or maybe there's some, you know, ladies activities or men's breakfasts or you know, volunteer to to be in the nursery or volunteer to help with some Sunday school. Or, you know, I, at one point we had a, a group of people that were bringing their kids to Sunday school and the people weren't really participating. And, you know, I thought, okay, they, they need like a little group for them. And my sister told me, she goes, you know what, Carrie, God does not call the equipped. He equips the called. And because I was not feeling adequate at the time to, you know, be be of service, but I did, and it and it was a great experience, a lot of growth for myself, you know. But, but you know, we got to step out of our comfort zone a lot of times and put ourselves out there and help educate the other people, so that it'll be better and it'll be easier for the next person. Because some of us can do this a lot easier than other people and it makes it a lot better like a lot of older people start losing their sight later in life and they're really uncomfortable and those of us who have been blind a long time you know we're much better at educating people and it makes those transitions better for some of those other people thanks yes i I would just add i agree with everything you said carrie uh and would are and would add that the sad part is it shouldn't be this hard 
It, it shouldn't no. be this hard, but it is, you know, and I get God asks us to do things and, and equips us to do things like this. I just think things weren't so hard in a place that's supposed to be welcoming on general principle, right? And it, and it's it's not a matter of malice. It's a matter of, as, as Carrie said, lack of education most of the time. I mean, it's you lack get of the, education. Yeah, you, you get some weird stuff once in a while, but but you know, it's mainly a lack of education. Thank you, Carrie. You know, anyone else, Tammy? Melissa is next. All right, Melissa. Happy New Year. By the way, Happy New Year to you, Carrie, and everybody else. Melissa, <laughs> <laughs> Happy New Year to you, Mister Brenko, and it's great to be back and. I'm sorry. What was what was your name, sir? Your the guest, Duncan Holmes. Duncan, Mr. Holmes. Holmes, Mr. Holmes. It's a pleasure to meet you. God bless you for this ministry. When I heard about this that you guys were going to be doing this, I was so excited because I've wanted to attend this conference ever since one of my friends, who's part of this community, told told me about it. Um, I moderate a prayer group on Sundays, and she talks about it a lot. And she comes back home just so excited and everything. But I just wanted to make a very quick comment and then ask a very quick question. So my comment is, I attended my church's fall retreat for the very first time this last October. It was the first time I'd ever gone to a Christian conference, period. And I have to tell you, you know, we have a huge college ministry and they're thriving and they're doing some great things. And they they set an example for all of us to be, you know, good followers of Christ and and those kind of things. But what was really wonderful is that everybody just welcomed me as a totally blind person, and they've they always have ever since I walked in that church for the first time. But this conference, they really just you know took the time to help me with it with everything. I had two awesome roommates that were college students, and we're now good friends with each other. So, you know, that's just been amazing. But you know, a lot of times when you go to these kind of things, you know, people their kids run into you because their parents don't watch out what they're doing or. You know, they bump into uh, you and all that kind, but nobody did that with me at all. They were all very receptive and they just, please, they, yeah. they, they they saw me with a cane and they just were like, okay, let's just walk around, you know, but they, they know how to have a good time too. And that was what was so much fun. But, <laughs> but I wanted to <laughs> ask you, but I wanted to ask you because I, like I said, I want to go to this conference so badly. Do you guys have like time of singing? And if you do, how do, how do we do the how are the lyrics done for the songs we have braille hymnals yeah. that were and yeah we have and we have a choir that karen wow. gerald so so wonderfully conducted now it's going to be up to me i'm a pianist you know so, hey. and, uh, so uh we do have and uh, we do have hymnals and yes we do singing we do a good bit of singing Awesome. Praise and worship every day. I'm trying to teach some uh, Keith and Kristen Getty stuff for this conference. We're going to be in Little Rock in August. Oh, and, my gosh. Uh, yes, and I would be glad to give, the, give, to give you the information for the website, you know, to let me do. It's T-H-E-N-C-C-B.com, the N-C-C-B.com. If you look at it in grade two Braille, it looks like then colon B dot. Uh, yes. T-H-E-N-C-C-B.com. <laughs> <laughs> I thought dot I would com. say. Yeah. Uh, that's wonderful. Then, yeah. And our, mem- our membership secretary, Pauline Ohadi, she's cited, you know, and she's out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. I could give you a phone number. 
and all that kind of stuff if you if you need it. But 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 it's going to be in Ar- Arkansas and Little Rock this August. I think fantastic. The, uh, third to the ninth. Well, I I'm currently without work right now, so I'm trying to to look for a job. But my my I would love to absolutely go. Because, like I said, I've heard about it, and I just—it just really sounds like a wonderful ministry. And I just want to say, God bless you, sir, and God bless you guys for what you're doing. Because this is a service that's really needed, especially for the blind and the visually impaired. Based on what you guys were all talking about, churches and disabilities, and I could go on about that topic, but I'm not going to because that's not the place to do it. But, but I will just—I'll just say, my church just from the moment I walked in, it wasn't about oh, Melissa, the totally blind girl. It was all about, you know, welcome. We're glad to have you here. You know, that was what it was about. So that's important. Well, that's what Amen. hospitality. That's what hospitality is about. Melissa, I Amen. want to share a story because uh, your your story reminded me. I'm, I'm going to mute myself, but thank you guys. That's okay, so but, I, but, I, but you don't you don't have to respond. But I want to your story reminded me of something that happened to me. I made a presentation to a bunch of youth before, just for moving out to Oregon, and. I always do my thing about, you know, please don't raise your hand. Nodding heads doesn't work. You know, I do the whole thing. And these students got it almost intuitively. They were the, the by far the most interactive, you know, less conscious of this blind thing. They just did what I asked them to do. And it was fabulous. It really, truly was fabulous. And it, and it reminded me that that whatever the trouble with our youth are, and we, you know, like every generation, we all have problems. They they have a better sense of being around other people who are different than we did growing up. And I'm talking in general terms. It's not always the case, but in general terms. And so they're used to dealing with difference, I think, in a way that we aren't. And I think we should, we should, we should bless that. Amen. Um, rather, than, rather than run from it and call it cancel culture or whatever, because it because mm-hmm. it really is a it was just wonderful to be part of a group that, you know, took what I said seriously and did it naturally. It, they didn't have to. They just didn't have to think very hard about it. They just did it. Right. And it was. It was a blessing to be a part of that. Amen. Where are you based, Melissa? Where Where, where are you located? I am located in Berrien, Washington, which is a suburb of Seattle. And the church that I go to is in Seattle, uh, near downtown. So it's quite a commute to get. It's about a twenty-two minute commute. And of course, I have to deal with transportation and all those things, which that's can be a a bummer. But but like when I went to this conference, one of our one of our pastors he actually came and got me and another person and brought us to the conference and took us home that way i wouldn't have to worry about you know transportation and dealing with our public transportation system here so that was very nice of him to do that he's a younger individual but he is amazing and i just love to hear him speak and his wife is is precious so thanks for asking you got a sure you got a fine ministry out there audiobook ministries out of uh seattle yeah they yes. They put on our. They have our daily bread on the cartridge. Yes, they do. Yes. And Decision Magazine. <laughs> thank, thank well, you, Melissa. Thank you so much. We appreciate thank you. you. God uh, bless you. God bless you as well. All right. Do we have any other hands raised this we time? We have a phone number of five zero five six three eight. Welcome to the program, whoever that is. This is me, Beth from New hey, Mexico. Beth. Uh, hi, Beth. Happy New Sardine Year. Sardine aficionado. <laughs> A what? Sardine aficionado. Sardine aficionado. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I was going to say, 
I agree with a lot that was said here, and sometimes people do want to educate people, but like they'll say, well, the insurance doesn't cover you. Like to go for people, you know, to have transportation because unfortunately in some rural communities, um, transport paratransit doesn't run on Sundays. That's true. It doesn't run here. Doesn't run here either. Yeah, they won't. won't, The church buses don't come for people and stuff. And then I did want to say that sometimes, yes, young people are stepping away from the church and wow, you don't know what to do about it. I, my three grandchildren have Asperger's are not visually impaired, but they're like, you know, Graham, we just see a lot of hypocrisy or a lot of bad things in the church. And I'm like, no, it's not all bad. I am. There's a ministry, uh, Johnny and friends, Johnny Erickson Tata, who's done a lot to to foster the bridge the gap between those with disabilities, especially other, you know, not just blindness, but the autism and everything, the disabilities, mm-hmm. and those who quote have all their faculties together. Quote, we all are disabled in one way or another. By the way, and uh, so it's called S I M, but. Uh, and we need an S-A-V-I-O-R. So there you go. Yep. Thank you, Beth. Oh. I appreciate it. Thank you. I think yes. this is a very good program you put on. Thank, Thank you very Thank much, you. Beth. And happy appreciate New Year to you. Happy New Year. Okay. Who is Bobby, next? You have about eight minutes left. Um, next is Beth Moline. Okay. Welcome, Beth, and Happy New Year to you, too. You have a question hey, for Dr. Beth. She Can might hear you better. Uh, I'm trying to unmute. There, there you go. go. There you are. We oh, you are unmuted. Oh, go good. Yes. Oh, thank goodness. Because I sometimes Zoom is being kind of crazy. <laughs> I like Zoom, but I really like this. And I almost forgot about it. I'm sorry. I've, I've been so out of it today. But you know, there's so much going on. But I remember when I first went to NCCB, Back in 2016, that was the same time, the first time you went, Duncan. I think that you and Sharon had gone then. I remember that I really, I I felt somewhat out of place, but I started feeling really welcome after a little while. And it just, I didn't feel out of place with the two of you. I never did. And also with Pauline, I never felt out of place. I, I felt wonderful with all of you. But at first, I don't know what was with me then. <laughs> but I, I, am really on well, I am on Pauline's mailing list for, for prayer and other announcements. So I'm very familiar too. with Pauline. Yeah, she's awesome. And I roomed with her the last couple of years at NCCB. Only last year when we had it, I ended up, <laughs> I had all kinds of troubles. I've still got a couple of spider bites that have never healed. Oh. And that's not Pauline's well, fault. <laughs> no, no. That's an encouraging promo for the for the uh, conference, right? Spider bites. It, it, <laughs> part, of the, part, of the, part of the benefit. Well, we, right? Yeah, we, we, we deal with those hotels, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's not always, a, not always a palace, you know, but still. The good outweighs the bad. Right. We have a, it was a good week for us. It was. Good evening. This this is Renee Akins. Can I speak? 
when Beth is finished, Beth, did you have anything more to add? I was going to also say I'm doing what I can to try to go to church on Sundays, but there are people now who are kind of, I don't know why, they're, I feel like there are people who are uncertain about taking me to church. So right, I did have a caregiver that was taking me. She was through independent living services here in St. Cloud, but now she's not able to do it. So I had to talk to the supervisor today about that. And she's going to be looking for someone else. But, you know, it would sure be nice if other people in the church would be willing to step up to the plate because our dial-a-ride with, you know, paratransit, they don't go out that far. They they don't, it's kind of just a little bit outside of the city limits. And I do, I do love this church that I go to. Right. It, it is a good it's church. A, it's a puzzle. That's Wonderful, Beth. Well, thank you very much for your participation. Tammy, was Renee next in line or was there somebody ahead of her? I have a phone number. So, Renee, I'm not sure if that's you or not. The 979186, is that? That's her. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And you have about five Go minutes ahead. left. Sorry, guys. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Wonderful. So, I guess it, I can squeeze it, it in. Is it Renee minutes. or someone else? I believe it's Renee. Yep. Okay. Renee, it's, go it's ahead. Me. Happy New Year. Yes, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. I've enjoyed the program so far. I am Duncan Holmes' vice president, and I've been a part of uh, NCCD for quite a while. I'm also the president of the Texas Church Conference, and that's how I met the, the NCCB was through the Texas Church Conference. So we do have that. And I'm just really impressed with everyone. And a disability is a problem in the church. It's a problem in society. It's a problem in family. So it's, it's not just unique to the church. But what I have found is that my gift is what finds my way into the church as to what I need to do and where I need to go. And, and, and that's what we need to focus on. What are you gifted to do? Because when I'm talking to people with disabilities, I ask them, well, what do you like to do? You like to work with children, seniors, or whatever it is. Let your gift find your way into the church. And there's just going to be problems because we're dealing with people, period. I don't care where you go, what you do, you're dealing with people. And I don't drive anymore. I ride the bus to church on Sunday. So I'm always in evangelistic mode. I'm always ministering to somebody. And when you when you ride the bus, you ride through the hood, as I call it, and you're dealing with all kinds of dysfunctional people. And if we meet people where they are a lot of times, and it, it takes a gift and it takes time to develop that type of uh, of skill and I just learned if you just talk with people and meet them where they are, a lot of times you find that they are hurting, they need help, they want the truth. And we are the ones who are supposed to have the light. We're supposed to have truth. And if you present that to people, that's all I do. And all I do is plant in water. I don't worry about trying to give the increase because Paul told the Corinthian church, plant in water, God gives the increase. And I meet people all the time. And whether they like to or want to hear something about God or not, I don't know. And I don't worry about whether they do or not. I just minister to those people standing at the bus stop because a lot of times I'm standing there. I don't want to be there. It's either hot or cold or it's raining or something. And I'll just turn and ask somebody, you know, about, about the the gospel salvation or something like that. So I'm always ministering. And then when I come to the NCCB conference, I'm there to serve. And as uh, Duncan says, I, I do have some sites. I'm there to serve. And so if I see somebody struggling and can't get to where they go, I go and try to get them where they need to be. And then I move on to the next, whatever I need to do. And That's so a great I think attitude. If we, 
That's yes, you have to have it because have, I, mean, I really appreciate you, that attitude very much. I have three words for you. Preach sure. it, sister. Preach it. <laughs> and do it. We are running wonderful. out of time. So in closing, yes. Duncan, I want to just ask uh, what the future brings uh, for the conference. Anything new on the horizon before we close? Well, I, I want to be optimistic. I think we're going to have... I think we're going to have a good conference this year in Little Rock. Philadelphia is cited as possible for 2025. We haven't been back east in a long time. And I would like, I just think if we keep spreading the word positively about what we do, I, I do believe that, that we, we are, we could, there's a lot of potential for a good outcome. Excellent. Uh, we do have to wrap it up. Duncan, thank you for taking the time and continued success with the National Church Conference of the Blind. Congratulations on your presidency. Many thanks to thank those you. people who help you out and, and everybody else, and, and also to people on this program who participated. Thank you very much. And continue to spread God's word. That's important. Next week, we're going to have a former mayor of Fall River, Massachusetts, Will Flanagan. He runs a marijuana shop. So he's going to talk about the legalities of marijuana and other related topics. That's next week on In Perspective. I'm Bob Branco. He's Peter Alchil. Go safe with God's abundant blessings always. Have a great week, everybody. 